pretty powerful little uh, video clip there. Encourages us to have a place, maybe have a chair in your home that you can go to periodically. And that when you sit in that chair, just reminds you to give thanks. We got lots of things that tries to distract us from being thankful, don't we? But as that scripture said, you know, in everything, really in everything, you think. You think we can do that? You know, I actually have something here. Just found it out in the back parking lot. I know you're going to love it. I got it off somebody's car. Oh! Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I missed John. <laughs> Uh-oh. Wait a minute. <laughs> Here you go, bro. Thank you. All right. So, when am I going to sit in my chair? Thank you, Lord, for John. Thank you for Buck bringing his snow from Woolkit, two inches of snow on his car, you know. Seriously, that was awesome. I told somebody in the church last night, well, I told everybody at the church last night, I said, you know, I heard it was going to be a blizzard. Uh, my brother, uh, who is a retired uh, cop, and his son, who is a cop, now are up visiting. They're not with us. They were here last night. But uh, I was telling him, somebody told me we're going to have a snow tomorrow, you know. And uh, so we had some snow. That's your first blizzard, okay. Uh, and I was, I was thrilled to, to see that. But as we celebrate, uh, you know, this Thanksgiving season, it really is a good idea in your home. It can be any kind of a chair, but it's to remind you, I'm going to sit there, no matter what's going on, good, bad, or ugly, and just take a few moments and thank the Lord, you know. I mean, it can be a rock outside or a stump. It can be the car uh, seat, you know. Wherever, but every day, when you sit there, let it remind you to just thank God. Do we have anything to be thankful for? Every one of us do. There's so much, but sometimes we get distracted and we don't think about it, you know. But I encourage you just to designate a chair in your home, on your property, somewhere that you can sit down in and no matter what's going on, just like think about what you have to be thankful for, and then to thank the Lord. That's what I want to talk about, you know, this morning, making a difference in a place called grateful. Do you live in a place called grateful? You know, think about that for a moment. Is that where you live? Let me give you the definition of grateful. Grateful is a warm, deep attitude of appreciation. And that's important, to have a warm, deep attitude of appreciation. Thankful, being thankful, is different than grateful. Thankful is expressing such an attitude of appreciation by giving thanks. This is what we call it, thanksgiving. You can be grateful and not ever say a word. You, you, have you ever been grateful to God for something or, or been grateful that somebody did something for you but you never said anything? Probably. But see, if we're grateful and then we, we verbalize it, we express it, then that's the thanksgiving. So making a difference. That's what I want to talk about in a place called grateful. 
And uh, I said, my brother's been here for a, a couple of days. He'll be here most of the week. And I was looking. I almost didn't even teach this weekend because I wanted to spend time with him. Now, you know, they're old country boys. And we went fishing and duck hunting and all kinds of stuff while he's up here, you know. And so we've been having a good time of just fellowship together. I said, you know what? I have preached 37 different Thanksgiving messages, you know. So you can't really find a whole lot of scriptures that I haven't already used before. You know, if you think about that. But I just kind of started running through my mind. You know, some of the things I've been thankful for, some of the things I've read that's inspired me and touched me, and I just kind of comprised a little smorgasbord of things that I've learned over the years about, you know, being grateful, being thankful. One of the things I was thinking about Years ago, when I started backpacking, and I, I backpacked around for a couple of years, sharing the gospel with people, with my backpack, a bunch of tracks and Bibles, my guitar and all. And as I would travel around, you know, I mean, you ate whatever was available, you know, to eat with people or, you know. Anyhow, uh, before I took off, there was a, a guy who was kind of a spiritual mentor to me. You know, he had made mention about this passage, and I'm going to read it to you. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 4, and it says, For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. Now, you probably all heard stories about missionaries that go on the mission field, especially in the primitive jungle areas. And the, uh, the primitive people always want to honor a guest. So they always give you the best that they have, and so many times in the jungle areas, the delicacy of the meal, I hope it don't gross you out, but is, is monkey eyeballs, you know. And there are missionaries who said they didn't really want to be treated special, you know. <laughs> and it's just like, no, you know, you have, no, 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 we got to honor our missionary, you know. And so they, well, read, let's read the verse with that in mind. For every creature of God is good. <laughs> And nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified. It's sanctified, which means it's cleansed. Ain't that going to hurt you? It's sanctified by the word of God and prayer when you have been thankful for it. And uh, this will kind of encourage me as I'm backpacking around the country. You know, sanitation may not be the easiest thing to come by all the time. So always pray over your food. And that's the way I pray every time I ever pray over food, Lord, in the midst of whatever it is, Lord, please sanctify it and strengthen my body and thank you, thank you for it, you know. See, being grateful, it makes a difference. And uh, Lord, just help those people that we hear off in the distance, emergency vehicle responding, maybe somebody's in a need that we know. Help them and help those who are responding. Lord, to, to meet those needs and draw them unto yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, there's uh, conferences that I have read about where they, they would have hundreds of people in this big cafeteria, and you'd have a, a group of uh, Christians there sitting around a table, you know, 14 people at a table or so. They all stopped and made time to pray, thank God for their food. Everybody else in the cafeteria went to the hospital with food poisoning. It's like, really? That kind of stuff actually happens. It's not just, you know, something cute to say. 
But when we give God thanks, we, we pray and we, we give him thanks, you know, uh, he cleanses it. He genuinely does. So it makes a difference, you know, in a place called grateful. If you live in a place called grateful, it makes a difference. For you, it makes a difference for other people as well. Gratefulness, it matters. It really does. Um, a farmer was asked to dine with a well-known gentleman. While there, the farmer, he gave thanks at the table as he was accustomed to do at home. His host said jeeringly, that's old-fashioned. It's not customary nowadays for well-educated people to pray before they eat. And the farmer answered that with him it was customary, but that some of those on his farm never gave thanks for their food. Aha, then, said the gentleman, they're sensible and enlightened. Who are they? He said, my pigs. You know. <laughs> so there's a message in that somewhere, you know, I'm sure. Are you living in a place called grateful? Or do you live in the place called complainer, you know, moaner, groaner? Or do you live in a place called grateful? Or do we live in that place of, you know, ungratefulness? Think about it. Um, we're the most privileged and prosperous people who've ever lived on the face of the earth past or present, yet many Americans aren't happy. We see it all the time, you know. We have more of everything, and yet so often are not content and not thankful. It's just the truth of it. A grateful heart makes the simplest meal a banquet when it's grateful, you know. Being grateful and expressing it is super important. One of my favorite stories this time of the year, and I know I've shared it with you probably umpteen million times over the years, so powerful, is a, um, a woman who is a phenomenal seamstress, and she can make anything. I mean, that's what she did for a living. She has two daughters, and one day one of her daughters came up and said, Mommy, you love sister a whole lot more than you love me. And Mom said, No, I don't. I love you all the same. She says, No. And then she, the, the daughter took her to each of their closets and says, look at my closet. All the things you've made for me, look at sister's closet. There's so much more in her closet. And the mom had to consent that, in fact, she had made more things for sister. She says, well, honey, every time I make something for you, you complain. It's not the right shape, size, color, style, whatever it is. You always complain about everything I make for you. She says, but your sister, she goes, oh, mother, it's lovely. It's beautiful. It's just what I wanted. It's perfect, Mom. Thank you so much. She says, it's just such a joy to make things for your sister. I just almost can't help myself. And you know what a thankful heart is a magnet, and it attracts blessings. And it's absolutely biblically true when you and I give thanks to God for all the things that he's done for us, it attracts, as a magnet does, the blessings and the benefits, the rewards of God are drawn to us when you're thankful. But how many of you love to hear your children complain? She's like, I'm going to take a long walk somewhere, you know. 
Does it attract great blessings and rewards and benefits from you? No, it's like, you know, I think you need a spanking, you know? <laughs> but it is the truth, you know, uh, living in a place called grateful, it makes a difference for you. It attracts, it is a magnet that attracts more and more of God's blessings to us when we're thankful. It's so key that we remember that. Um, Psalms 77, verse 3. It says, it says, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. The word overwhelmed means, you know, snowed under, weighed down. This word here, overwhelmed, means plagued. I complained and my spirit was snowed under. It was weighed down. It was plagued. My spirit was overwhelmed. And then it says, Selah, which means stop. And think about that. When I complained, you know, it hurts me. When I give thanks, when I lift in a place called grateful, it makes a difference for the better. See, complaining, it amplifies our frustrations. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, right now this, this microphone amplifies my voice. And complaining amplifies our frustration and and complaining, it spreads discontent. It spreads it for those who are listening and, and, and so forth. Complaining makes our life miserable. It genuinely does. It backfires on us. And complaining, it actually invites Satan to, to just make havoc in our lives. And that's true. That's, that's biblical in the Bible when the... The children of Israel were going to the promised land and they were moaning and groaning every step of the way. But when they started moaning and groaning, snakes climbed out from underneath the rocks and bit them. I mean, honestly, you're reading the Bible for yourself. So when we live in a place called grateful, it makes a difference, a good difference in our lives. <coughs> Excuse me, the old uh, Anglo-Saxon word for thankfulness, it means thinkfulness. And see, we should have a little chair somewhere in our home where we can sit down and just think about, and we'll stop and think about, you know what? Okay, maybe there's something as bad as going on in my life, maybe. But you know, think about all the good things that God has done. I mean, is your eyes still working? Or at least one of them? You know, is your ears working? Do your taste buds still work? You know, does, do you have feeling? Can there's 10,000 things that we take for granted every day that if we think about it, we'd have something to be thankful. So if we're thankful, then we can become thankful. And it makes a difference if you and I choose to live in a place called grateful. It, it, it really does. Now, sugar always spoils a cake. When it's left out. Oh, I just wasn't finished with my sentence yet. I'm sorry. And to be honest with you, gratitude always spoils a life when it's left out. So don't leave the sugar out of the cake and don't leave the gratitude out of your life because it makes a difference. I mean, what does that cake taste like? It's a beautiful cake, but there's no sugar in the cake, there's no sugar in the icing. What does it taste like? Kind of blah. 
you know. It looks good, but it, it's missing something. So let's just remember, add the sugar to the cake and add the gratitude to our life. It's just so important. A doctor wrote a letter of thanks to one of his school teachers for, for having given him so much encouragement when he had been in her class 30 years before. Think about that for a moment. He later received this letter in reply. I want you to know what your note meant to me. I am an old lady in my 80s, living alone in a small room, cooking my own meals, lonely, and seeming like the last leaf on the tree. You will be interested to know that I taught school for over 50 years. And yours is the first letter of appreciation I have ever received. It came on a cold blue morning and it cheered my lonely old heart as nothing has cheered me in many, many years. Hmm. Do you think that little bit of appreciation and verbalizing it and actually saying thank you, do you think it made a difference for that lady? Do you think there might be a teacher in your life or a neighbor or a friend or a family member in your life that if you was to write them such a little note, would it make a difference for them? Would it? You know it would. If somebody wrote you a little note, they remembered something that happened a long time ago, would it make a difference for you? Wow. That's amazing. And it just kind of picks you up and encourages you. See, making a difference by living in a place called what? Grateful. Living in a place called grateful. Now, here's a, a good concept I would like you to think about on a daily basis. If tomorrow's supply of whatever it is that you need, if tomorrow's supply depended on today's giving of thanks, you got equal amounts of provision based on how much thankfulness you, you gave today, how much would you have tomorrow? Would you be broke or would you have an overwhelming supply? Would you be wealthy tomorrow or would you be poor? If tomorrow's supply depended on how today's giving of thanks how much would you have tomorrow? Psalms 50 verse 14 says, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. God doesn't want any more sacrificed lambs or bulls or turtle doves or anything else. You know, he wants a living sacrifice, he tells us. But a sacrifice, as we have uh, talked about recently, a sacrifice is giving up something of value for something of greater value. And he says here, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Don't forget your sacrifice. Every day, make your sacrifice to God and give him thanks. It's a sacrifice to take out that time of your day or whatever you're doing to find a seat, sit down, and just give thanks to him for all the good things that he has done. And he has done a lot of good. Even if you've had some really bad things that happen in your life, you can still find a lot of good in the midst of it all. You really can. 
So it says, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the Most High. Have you ever known somebody who said, God, please, if you'll help me and get me out of this jam, I will do this and this and this and this for the rest of my life. And God comes through and we forget. So it's better not to make a vow than to make it and break it. You know, don't go lying to God, you know. Well, verse 15 goes on to say, then, it says, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Verse 15, then, everybody say then. Yes. Then, if you make thanksgiving your sacrifice to God, then call on me when you are in trouble and I will rescue you and you will give me glory. And glory just means honor. He says, you know, make the sacrifice of thanksgiving to God. You know, you say, Lord, I just thank you. Even though it snowed today, it snowed somewhere else, maybe, you know. There's always something to thank him for, right? There really is. And then he says, if you'll do that, you'll make that sacrifice of thanksgiving, then call on me when you're in trouble, and I will rescue you. Then, not before, but afterwards, is what he's talking about here. Verse 23 says, giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. It truly honors me. God says it truly honors me. You could complain, but it don't honor God. But if you'll give him thanks for all that he has done, and if you think about it, you'll find something. He says it honors me, and then you can call on me in trouble, and I'll rescue you. Verse 23 says, giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. Now, years ago, I came across this, and I probably shared it with some of you before, but it was so inspiring. There was a, a small church, a small congregation in the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains. Built, they built a new sanctuary on a piece of land that had been willed to them by a church member. Ten days before the new church was to open, the local building inspector informed the pastor that the parking lot was inadequate for the size of the building. The inspector told the pastor that until the church doubled the size of the parking lot, they would not be able to use the new sanctuary. Unfortunately, the church had used every inch of their land for the new sanctuary. Every inch, that is, except for the mountain against which the new sanctuary had been built. And that was their property too. In order to build more parking space, they would have to literally move the mountain out of the backyard. Well, the pastor was undaunted by the challenge. And the next Sunday morning, the pastor announced that he would meet that evening with all members who had mountain-moving faith. You guys have mountain-moving faith? Excuse me? You do? Okay. Well, don't forget then the, the, the little red envelopes, okay? You remember what they're for? You know, we're talking about hoping to have an elevator in here by Christmas, you know, and that's the way we are paying for it. So anyhow, it says uh, the pastor invited all those who had mountain-moving faith to come out that evening. He said that they would hold a prayer meeting and ask God, to remove the mountain from the backyard. He was a very, very 
uh, man of integrity. He lived in the place called Grateful. That was the kind of a man he was. Well, uh, let me read you a couple passages. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 in the Message Bible, it says, pray diligently, continually. Don't give up. Don't stop. Stay alert with your eyes, what? Wide open in, what's that? Gratitude opens our eyes. Gratitude allows us to see God. Gratitude allows us to see the provisions that he has made for us. Gratitude, he says, pray diligently, stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. And if you're ungrateful and complaining, moan, groan, and bellyache, you're going down the road of life with your eyes shut. How many of you think it's a bad idea to drive home with your eyes shut? Bad idea. You know, you'll probably end up in the ditch. But if you are grateful, your eyes are open and you see the provisions. And a lot of people who are murmurers and groaners and complainers, the good Lord has made all kinds of provisions for them, but their eyes are closed. They can't see them. And they're going by all the wonderful things God's provided, but they don't see it. They're missing it. They don't have the peace that passes understanding. They don't have all the supply. God gave it, but they can't see it. Therefore, they can't take you home with them. Complaining blinds our eyes. You know, living in a place called grateful, it opens our eyes to see all that God has provided for us. I'll read it one more time. We'll move on. Pray diligently. Stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. Now, how many of y'all would like to have... Uh, Several warts grow on your nose this week. Not a hand went up into place. You don't want any warts on your nose? Or anywhere else as far as that goes, you know? This is what it says in Philippians 4, 6. It says, don't worry. About what? Anything. Worry robs us, and it robs us of sight. Well, we don't see the blessings, the provisions that God has made for us when you worry. And it says, don't worry about anything. And did you know another term for complainer and another term for worry is a worry wart? Are you a worry wart? If you are, be careful. Look in the mirror tomorrow morning. Are you a worry wart? Do you like warts? He says, don't worry about anything, not anything. Well, you just don't know what happened. He said, don't worry about, what percentage is anything? 100%. Well, Pastor, you don't know what happened. I was like, don't worry about anything. God said, not about anything. That means find your chair and thank him. I had three flat tires this week. Thank God it wasn't four. Right? There's always something to be thankful for. There is always something. Save you a few bucks, right? Don't worry about anything. And said, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And here's the part that a lot of people leave out. And then thank him for all he has done. See, thankfulness, it honors God. And a lot of people ask, but he says, don't worry. But he pray about everything. What percentage is everything? 100%. 100%. 
You have a choice. I can worry about this or I can pray about it. And it says, tell God what you need and, and, and. Tell him what you need and then thank him for all the things he's done for you in the past. Find that Thanksgiving chair and begin to thank him for all the things he's done in your life. We could focus on the black dot, on the negative, couldn't we? But the Bible tells us to focus on the white sheet of paper, all the good things that God has done. We should never, ever, 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 ever pray without in the same breath saying, thank you, Lord, for being there for me. Thank you for all the things you have already done. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. You can always thank him no matter what. When you pray, your prayer ain't over with if you don't give thanks along with it. Or if you're, if you're just going to pray in desperation, watch your nose in the morning. You might just be a worry ward, you know? So, so it, it takes the same kind of faith <clears throat> to be askful. Lord, I, I, I need, it takes the same kind of faith to be askful as it takes to be thankful. So when you're asking, always be thankful. Live in the place called grateful on an ongoing, regular basis is really important and see it's important that we exercise our faith with thankfulness a lot of people exercise their faith with just askfulness but we need to exercise our faith asking and thanking honors god but just asking without thanking it don't really honor him you remember some lepers who asked jesus to heal them how many do you remember how many out of the 10 who were healed came back to jesus one was thankful. That's probably the percentage of, of human beings who are thankful. Probably 1% who give thanks when God does answer a prayer. Well, let's pick back up over here with uh, the pastor who built a new church building. He said that they would also pray that somehow God would provide enough money to have it paved also and painted before the scheduled opening dedication service the following Sunday. At the appointed time, <clears throat> at the appointed time, 24 of the congregation's 300 members assembled, assembled. Out of 300 members, 24 had mountain moving faith. They showed up to pray with the pastor. They prayed for nearly three hours. At 10 o'clock, the pastor said the final amen. And then the pastor said, Well, we'll open next Sunday as scheduled. God has never let us down before, and I believe he will be faithful to us this time as well. The next morning, 8 a.m., as the pastor was working in his study, there came a loud knock at his door. A rough-looking construction foreman appeared at the door. He said, excuse me, Reverend, I'm from such-and-such -such construction company. We're building a new shopping mall over in the next county, and we need some field dirt. <clears throat> Would you be willing to sell us a chunk of that mountain behind the church? We'll pay you for the dirt, and we'll remove it, and we'll pave all the exposed area free of charge if we can have it right away. We can't do anything else on our project until we get the dirt, and it's costing us to just hang there without doing anything. What do you say? Well, needless to say, that little church was dedicated the next Sunday as had been originally planned. 
You think God can still do stuff like that? You say, that sounds too good to be true. The whole Bible sounds too good to be true. But it is true. It, it made a difference that he lived in a place called Grateful. Now, he could have just slept in that day for a couple extra hours and moaned and groaned and complained. We did all this work, and now we can't do this, and we can't do this. But he was there at 8 o'clock. If he hadn't been there, the construction worker would have probably just gone to somebody else. But see, it makes a difference when you live in the place called Grateful. And I would challenge you, if you don't live there very often, get you a chair somewhere to remind you to live in that place called Grateful, no matter what, and begin to thank God for everything that you can think of. Because being thankful leads us to being thankful. That's the way it is. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 says, Always. Now what percentage is always? 100%. Always be joyful. Verse 17 says, Keep on praying. And then verse 18 says, No matter what happens, always. Now what percentage is always again? 100. No matter what happens. No matter what happens. No matter what happens, always be thankful. Live in that place called grateful. No matter what happens, live in the place called grateful because it makes a difference. It attracts like a magnet, the blessings of Almighty God. You know, and we can become an artesian well. You know what an artesian well is? It has no pump. It's just the, the pressure in the earth that just shoots this clear, pure water out of the earth you know, just nonstop for year after year after year after year after year. It just naturally occurs. And you and I can be an artesian well that just bubbles up with thanksgiving to God for all the things that he has done. And never, never stop. Now, all things are not good. We understand that, right? There's some things in this world that are bad. We, we understand that. But, you know, we can still... Be grateful even in the midst of some bad stuff because of what we know. Because what we know changes things. Now, you've probably heard me share this verse before. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. You know what that is? That's it. Let me read it to you. Not that I have to read it. We can quote it. But let me just read it to you. It says, and we know. The word know means we understand this, you know, and we're confident about this. It says, and we know, we know, not like we hope so. No, and we know that all, now what percentage is all? 100%. And we know that all things, no matter if they seem good, we know that all things work together for good for them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose. Now, are you living according to God's purpose? If you are, you're grateful and you're giving thanks to him often. If you're living according to your own purpose, you probably forget to be thankful. But he says, and we know this, that all things work together for good for them, to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Now let me read you 1 Thessalonians one more time, 
chapter 5, verse 18, and it says, No matter what happens, always. Now, what percentage is always? Always be thankful, for this is God's will. This is God's purpose. If you're living according to his purpose, you're going to always be thankful. You're not going to murmur and groan and moan and, and complain and bellyache. He says, no matter what happens, always be thankful for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. That's the truth of it. That's operating in the supernatural. You can live in the natural if you want to, or you can operate in the supernatural by having yourself a chair on a daily basis, reminds you to be thankful so you can be thankful. And God, that's God's purpose for your life and everything to give thanks. And then the supernatural kicks into gear. The blessings of God you know, are drawn to you like a magnet. That's the truth. It is true. This is not just some clever thing to say. This, this is a biblical truth that always works. Charles Dickinson said, we're somewhat mixed up here in America. Instead of having one Thanksgiving Day each year, we should have 364 Thanksgiving Days. Use that one day just for complaining, he said. I think we should have a complaining day, and it's one day out of the year. You can complain all you want to, but the other 364 days, we'll be thankful. Sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? Get off your chest. And then just be thankful. After a while, we'll say, you know, why would I waste today complaining? We're going to do 365 days of living in a place called grateful. God is dependable through all of our problems. When everything else fails, God will not fail. When everything else crashes in around us, God will hold us up. When nothing else makes sense in life, God will, and he does make sense. Psalms 97, verse 11, and this is in the Message Bible. I like the way it reads. It says, light seeds. Can you imagine if you had light seeds? You plant them, and when they grow, the light comes on. Would that be awesome? He says, light seeds are planted in the souls of God's people. What happens when, when it's dark? We stumble. When it's dark, you hear a noise. We're, we're fearful and frightened of all kinds of things. But it says light seeds are planted in the souls of God's people. Joy seeds are planted in good heart soil. See, see, light seeds and joy seeds, well, the joy of the Lord, the Bible says, is your um, strength. And light enables us to see what's on the side of the road. We become grateful. We can see. He said light seeds are planted in the souls of God's people. Joy seeds are planted in good heart soil. Yes. Are you going to allow those things to grow? Light seeds and joy seeds, you know. So he says on down here in verse 12, so God's people shout praise to God. Give thanks to our holy God for the seeds of light and the seeds of joy he's planted. And God don't plant anything that he doesn't intend to grow. Now, you and I can stifle their growth by just being a moaner, groaner, bellyacher, complainer. But that's not the way God wants it to be. He wants you to be grateful. And he promises it's all going to work together for good if you love him. And you're grateful. You're living according to his purpose, and that is to be grateful. 
Psalms 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength always. Now what percentage is always? 100%. God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Verse 2 goes on to say, so we will not fear even if earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Now that's the worst case possibility. I mean, we have felt, I have felt anyhow, a few times in my life an earthquake, just a little bit of a rumble. But I haven't been in a situation where every building fell flat. But he says right here, God is our refuge. I mean, he is our strong tower. He is our fortress. <clears throat> and he's always ready to help us in our times of trouble. So we're not going to fear. Even if the earthquakes come, even if the mountains crumble into the sea, it's pretty amazing when you think of it. God is, he's dependable. He's reliable. You can count on him. Whatever comes our way, know that God's shoulder is there to lean upon. And he's always there for us. He loves us. He cares about us. He really does. Verse 11 here in Psalms 97, it says, The Lord Almighty is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. And then it says interlude, which just means stop and think about that. Now I had read about uh, this young girl. Well, she was in her, you know, upper teens. And uh, her friends were going to go mountain climbing. And uh, she was terribly afraid of heights. But she loved hanging out with her friends. So she decided to go face her fears. They hooked her up, you know, to a harness, hooked her into a rope, taught her what she's supposed to do. But she's definitely afraid of heights. And she began to climb. And she was probably 100 foot or, or more off of the ground when the guy up above, he just kind of flipped the rope a little bit. It popped her on the eye. Not hard but one of her contact lenses popped out. Exactly. Now everything is blurry because, you know, it's like, you know, it just makes you look cross-eyed almost. Like you can see out of one eye. And so she was desperate. Now she looked all around. She's on a little bitty small edge. She's looking, 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 looking. She prays, oh, God, please help me to find my contact lens. And then, you know, thought, well, maybe there's a, a couple more people down below, part of their group, Maybe they saw it or something. She'll pray, Lord, please help me find my contact lens and all. And then they came up. They ain't seen no contact lens. So she had to go on up to the, the rest of the way, climb up to the top. And then they took a little trail, the hike, a trail to come back down instead of rappelling back down. And as they were going down, there were some hikers who came by the, the uh, a lower part of the cliff down there. And one of the hikers said, hey, did anybody lose a contact lens? And she Yes, I did. And he said, well, when we went by this little, little, little ledge there, I saw an ant carrying the contact lens. <laughs> now, I don't think the contact lenses are edible that I know of. But there was an ant walking across this little ledge holding the contact lens in such a way that it was very visible in front of this guy. So he grabbed it, took it up there. Do you think God can still do things like that? Absolutely. I had a similar situation once upon a time, and I'll tell you about that another, another time. Psalm 69, verse 30. 
It says, I will praise the name of God with a song. And will, what's that word? Magnify him. You know, right now, these guys up in the booth, thank God for them there. They're magnifying my voice with a microphone. And the Bible says, I'll praise the name of God with a song, and I'll magnify him with what? When you give thanks, you magnify the Lord, which means you can see him better. Binoculars bring the things that are a distance close. You can hear him better. You, you magnify his voice with thanksgiving. If you're not a thankful person, you hardly can even see if God exists. If you're not a thankful person, you can rarely ever even hear what God's saying to you. But he says, I will praise the name of God with a song, and I'll magnify him. I can see him better. I can hear him better. I'm going to magnify him, not with a microphone or a magnifying glass. I'm going to magnify him with what? By going to the Thanksgiving chair and just giving God thanks. It's like, oh, wow. He's so close to me. I feel his presence. I, I see what he's doing now. And, and, and I mean, a reality, when you're thankful, you magnify him. And you can see what God's up to. And you can hear what he's saying to you. So much clearer if you're thankful. If you're a moaner or a groaner, you probably even doubt that God even exists. But you can magnify him if you want to. Verse 31, Psalm 69, verse 31 says, This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or a bull. You know, those kind of sacrifices, which has horns and hooves. God wants a sacrifice not of ox or a bull, but he wants a sacrifice of thanksgiving that magnifies him, allows you to see him and hear him so much more clearly. And you see the provisions he's left you on the side of the road of life. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 says, and this is in the uh, Message Bible as well, it says, my counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You receive Christ Jesus, the master, now live him. You received him, now live him, you know. Live him. Verse 7 says, you're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. Live in the place called grateful is one of those huge things that we've learned through his word. And he goes on to say in, in, in the Message Bible, it's, what's the next two words? School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. Don't be a professional student who's just always learning, 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 learning and never have an opportunity to apply. You know, you're 150 years old and you're still in school and it's not because you're learning and you just don't want to ever apply anything. Just I want to just learn it and have it up here, but not to act it out. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it and let your living spill over into what? Into thanksgiving. Let your living spill over. The things that you've learned, live them out now and be thankful is what he's telling us here. Let it spill over into our everyday life. Always find time. Make time. Even if it's a sacrifice to sit in the thanksgiving chair and give thanks to Almighty God. Become the magnet that attracts all his blessings. 
and, 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 and magnify him so you can see him closer. Magnify him with thanksgiving so you can hear what he's saying to you a little bit more clearly. Become that artesian well that just never stops flowing. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13 says, we never stop thanking God. Artesian well, remember. Psalms 138 verse 1 says, thank you, exclamation mark. Thank you. Everything in me says, thank you, exclamation mark. Angels listen as I sing, as I sing my thanks. Verse 2, I kneel in worship facing your holy temple and say it again, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness. Psalms 50 verse 14 says, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Always make time, even if it is a sacrifice, to sit in that Thanksgiving chair and give Almighty God thanks. Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Verse 15 says, Then, after you have given thanks, then call upon me when you're in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory, which just means honor. Verse 23 says, Giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. It really does, you know. It helps us, you know, to, to change our focus. And, and we become so much more positive instead of just going through life kind of miserable. Well, let's see, our time is up. Don't have time for that, for that, for that. I could just complain about that, I suppose. <laughs> but let me end with one verse. I won't complain. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it just says, thank God. He gives us victory. You like victory? He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. God gives us victory. God sent his son. His son died on the cross. He suffered for our sins and he rose from the dead. And he gives victory to every man, woman, boy, and girl who will receive it. And I want to tell you, it's hard to receive from God when you're a complainer. But it's so easy to receive everything he has in store when you are grateful and you express your gratefulness by the giving of thanks. Well, we're going to listen to a song and then I'll close with prayer. Yeah. 
love song Tell you what I think you wanna hear But it wouldn't be good enough All I can do is thank you for this life I never deserved All I can do is say thank you. We can all do that, can't we? You know, we teach our kids that, don't we? When they're little, and you say thank you. Don't, don't we do that? <clears throat> is that just a southern thing? No, oh, y'all do that fair too? Yes. If, if a kid doesn't say thank you, it's very disrespectful, is it not? And if we don't learn to say thank you, it's very disrespectful to our father as well. <clears throat> what I'd like to do is take a moment for us to pray together. I really want to challenge you to find a chair somewhere in your home or in your yard or in your car where you, you label it, this is my Thanksgiving chair. And you become thankful to him every day, no matter what happens, because he'll turn it around for you. He really will. But Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name. We thank you for always being there for us. Thank you that you've never abandoned us. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for giving us your word. And forgive us for not taking the time to read it and study it as we should. Thank you so much for sending Jesus and that he so willingly gave his all, his life for us. We thank you, almighty God. Help us to always be thankful, no matter what. As our heads are bowed, would you join me in a little simple prayer to reaffirm your faith in Christ with, with a grateful heart? And if you're here today and you've never invited Jesus to come into your life, would you join us? As many reaffirm their faith in Christ, would you invite him into your life for the very first time? He makes a difference. He'll help us to see things from a different perspective, a positive perspective. And he'll change the negatives. And, and, and the darkness will vanish away and the light will come on. And he'll give you a joy. Those seeds of light and those seeds of joy, let them grow. So pray with us right now. Reaffirming your faith in Christ or welcome him to your life for the first time. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. That's why you sent Jesus. And I just want to say thank you. I believe that Jesus did rise from the dead. And he is alive right now. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus 
as my Savior and as my Lord and as my King. I'm sorry for my sinful ways. And the times I have been so negative, I ask you to forgive me. I receive you as my Savior. And I believe you're making a difference in me. In Jesus' name. Before you leave, let me just read to you our little weekly challenge. And it just simply says, if you choose to agree with this, check it off and drop it in the tithe box. It just says, I will be on the lookout for opportunities and express my gratefulness to God and others daily. Thank somebody for something they've done. Appreciate even if it's a teacher 30 years ago. And every day, thank God. If you prayed with me just now and you welcome Christ in your life, please stop at the Connections desk on your way out. We've got a little gift bag. It's got a Bible, some other little goodies in there that will inspire you, and a little gift of just saying thank you for coming you know, and visiting with us today. We hope you come back. And if you need some prayer, there's some people who will be around the altar here who will pray with you, and I am telling you the truth. God still answers prayer. He genuinely does. So would you greet one another, You know, give somebody a high five, handshake, a hug, God bless you. Have an awesome Thanksgiving. You are dismissed.